Hey folks, it's Lauren for Little Miss Neurodivergence, recording this episode from Singapore. Welcome back. And I, okay, a lot of things are going through my head right now. I'm just going to jump into it. I know I missed last week's episode because I was, I guess, just going through the whole post-meltdown and health issues that came up around that time, as I mentioned in the last episode. And um, the only reason I jumped on to talk right now is because I've had a number of conversations that were quite distressing to me or interactions that were quite distressing for me and the most recent one just happened like just and it's it's so big that I feel like it's enough for me to kind of push past I guess feeling like I need time to be quiet and not speak, you know, like I feel like I have to push past and get it out because otherwise I'm going to cry again. Um, well, one of the conversations that I've been having recently, as you know, is about, you know, like my situation and finding work and stuff. So that has been a lot of stress for me. I guess, you know, when I'm looking at the upcoming job prospects, I don't know if I should disclose to my potential employer that I am, I am or I have been diagnosed with autism and ADHD. And the reason I feel like I should is because, as I've mentioned before, it is so obvious if you know me, it's bound to slip out, it's bound to be something that people notice or comment on or think is weird or strange or different or odd about me and my whole life has inevitably led to friends either, well, they will comment about it but eventually it gets to a point where they distance themselves from me or I can feel like they change their opinion of me after I I unmask at some point And then I start to feel pretty crappy about myself and then I withdraw. And in a workplace, I don't know if I can keep that up or how long I can keep it up because I have never had a full-time job as well as the responsibilities I do of, as you know, looking after my 14 rescue cats on my own so that's something that's really scary and of course the big change of starting at a new workplace and you know like new co-workers and when I say starting at a new workplace you know it's the environment it's learning the aspects of a job that I will need to be familiar with Um, so all of that and that's been just stewing at the back of my mind, even as I have been putting together my portfolio and my CV and working on my cover letter. 
and just trying to do genuinely trying to do what I can, what feels doable for me. And I'll be honest, like after the last meltdown that I talked about, I did have another one this past week because I, well, I've mentioned that I rely a lot on delivery services and there was a mix up. So I didn't get the groceries in time. And I think I just got really frustrated because going out is difficult. Going out to go grocery shopping is difficult. Managing the stuff on my own is difficult. So when the delivery service didn't come, I just kind of had a little breakdown. Um, it was a small breakdown or a small meltdown that was fine, but it kind of tells you the state of mind I've, I've been in that, you know, just this little mix up with the delivery service put me there. So anyway, I was having a conversation with a friend and they were telling me about well, I, okay, so this friend is someone I've known online for many, many years. I don't know them in real life. We don't live in the same country. But we met because of, you know, while I was doing cat rescue and they were doing cat, cat rescue. So we got to talking and then we just stayed in touch, even though I don't run my social media account that would document like all my rescue cases. We did still keep in touch. And so, they started telling me this story about how their sister went through a divorce as well and, you know, like had to look after her own kids and then had to rely on their parent, like one of their parents looking after their kids and like having my friends support monetarily to continue her education while also putting in extra shifts and how she never gave up and eventually she completed her education and you know just got promoted and is earning a lot more than she used to and she doesn't have to work those grueling shifts anymore and when my friend started telling me this story i was like oh congratulations that's an amazing story you know like that your sister did all these things and it's kind of reaping the rewards of her hard work for these past few years. So I was like really excited to hear the story and just like, wow, congratulations to your sister. And then me being me, not realizing that when people say or do something, there's an underlying motive. And so after I had sent that message about, you know, oh, congratulations, the person was like, you know, I just wanted to share this story to let you know that, you know, like my sister's also kind of, the gist of it was my sister has had a hard life, but I want this to be a way to kind of motivate you basically. And it took me a while to process it. And I think it's still kind of trickling through my brain as I'm processing it. But like, I think that while my friend knows my diagnosis, you know, I did tell them that, yeah, I went through like the whole growing process and realizing that I'm late diagnosed, ADHD and autism. And first of all, in general, I guess people don't really know what 
ADHD and autism mean, let alone what it means to be combined, let alone what it means to be late diagnosed. And then on top of that, not really knowing what it's like to, as I mentioned in the story, their sister had all these supports in place from my friend, from their family, on top of like her hard work. And she doesn't have like these disabilities, or if you don't want to call it a disability, like these differences and difficulties to contend with, to get to where she is right now. And again, I know that people mean well when they say, you know, I get it and I hope this helps you. Just, it's it's just a season of weirdness because just a while ago, someone else reached out to me and was telling me like how, because I, I hadn't contacted them. They I used to work with them and then I didn't contact them after I returned my work stuff. Um, okay, so just digress a bit. This is this other person is Rachel, who I've talked about on another podcast. Uh, Rachel, just in a nutshell, is someone who I feel like love bombed me in the start. Like would call me like a sister, a best friend, like I was family. Especially when she needed me to, you know, like show up for her, uh, to do stuff for her, or you know, when she had like stuff going on in her life. But I feel like whenever I had things going on, she would prioritize work, or she would just like you know be like oh, let's talk at a later date, and then it wouldn't come around. There was always this expectation for me to be the one to make the effort to go to her, her her place, you know, even though she knows that it's really hard for me to go out of my house because of the responsibilities I have with the cats. Um, it just felt like a one-sided, unequal relationship. And so she found uh, she found a way to reach me again, and she contacted me and she was telling me how you know like she she understood that I went through the whole stuff with work but at the same time you know like didn't I understand how hard it was for her to lose her friend and basically I just felt like I had gone through this hard thing and this time sure I didn't have to put aside what I was going through to take care of her but she was making what I was going through about herself about her that like I'm the one who's who I feel has every right to be upset about getting fired and being misunderstood and being upset and stressed and all of that but then I have to put it aside to understand how it affects her because I was unable to communicate this to her and the thing with Rachel and the thing with this other friend I feel like just coming back to back with the whole series of meltdowns and then being expected to jump back into work in what is probably going to be a neurotypical setting. Like, I'm just, I think I'm just really tired of people meaning well. I know people mean well, or maybe like if they're making things about themselves, they don't mean it or they don't realize it, but I'm so tired of being the one who has to understand and do like the mental gymnastics to kind of put myself in their shoes and get where they're coming from when I feel like I wish they would get where I'm coming from because when I have to put myself in their shoes or understand where they're coming from again it doesn't come easily to me 
it it's very draining to have to try to figure out what people are actually saying or what their intentions actually are. Sometimes I get it wrong. Uh, sometimes I get it right, and sometimes I get it wrong. But it's exhausting, and I wish that I wish that people would instead of you know having this passive stance of you know this is what you can think or this is what you can try. I want. I think what people can do is to say, you know, let me be the person to be an active supporter or an an active participant in your support system. Like, what can I do? Tell me what I can do. Do you need me to help you to do this? Like, why don't you send me a list of things you need help with? I can do that for you. You know, maybe they can say, what are advocate groups? What are some reading materials you can send me to understand you better? Instead of, I don't really know what you're going through, but maybe this might help. You know, I want people to say, I want to be an ally. Like, you know, what's going on at this upcoming workplace? Do you need someone to 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 speak up for you to be your, yeah, to be your advocate? You know, to actually, I guess, put some skin in the game instead of just. Telling me, you know, try harder because, again, I know people mean well, but I feel like again and again I'm just being told to downplay my differences and the difficulties. And again, if I could just try harder or basically kill myself trying harder, then I could. I could be just like them, just like the neurotypical people, or if you don't like that word neurotypical because you don't believe there's a standard of neurotypical, but just what the majority of people are doing, you know, that you know, like if I could just do better. And I feel like it doesn't acknowledge the fact that I have been trying my whole life, you know. It's something I have been doing my whole life. I've been going to therapy. I've been trying all sorts of individual group therapy, medication,、uh, like reading up on my own, having community like conversations with people before I got my diagnosis, trying to understand like what I could do better, like what I did wrong, because I thought I was the problem. You know, okay, yes, I am the problem in a way because of my differences. But like, yeah, just being told like, you can do more. Like, have you tried this? Like, it just does not acknowledge how freaking hard I've been trying and how freaking exhausted I am. That if I want to stop right now and take a break and pause and be resentful and grieve and be upset and angry and sad. And yes, it's taken me a few months to be able to name these emotions because up until now they've just felt like this ball of something I couldn't explain in my body. It's fine. It's fine to be who I am. Like, will someone please just acknowledge that I have put in so much effort, and like, okay, it's okay. Just take a break, take a beat, and stop, and breathe, and process, and just be, and not push me into the next 
whirlwind of I don't know what. So it's like the unknown and it's going to be chaotic. It's going to make me dysregulated and just exhaust me even more before I even get a chance to sort out what I'm going through right now or have been going through or have gone through for a lot of my life, most of my life. And I know that I got my diagnosis at 30 odd years. It's not a lot compared to other people who got their diagnosis at 40 plus years, 50 plus years, 60 plus years. I know that. I cannot imagine what that's like. All I know is my experience. And all I know is that being told to like get up, get at them, you know, like don't let life beat you down, don't give up. However well-meaning, it just feels like pain right now. It just feels like hurt right now. I just need someone to sit with me and just say, what can I do? What can I help you with? How can I understand you better? Okay, I didn't know this was going to get so emotional, honestly. Um, but like I said, it's still fresh. I did promise this was going to be an authentic journey when I started this podcast, so... You're probably hearing my cats right now. Because I'm not in my office where usually I'm, I have a door separating myself from my cats. Uh, one of them is right next to me and one of them just came up to me to, you know, try and play with the one that's next to me. And anyway, yeah, I didn't know this was going to get so emotional and um, it's just part of the process of processing. And I just want, I think, someone to say, it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to take time and it's okay to take up space. Because it sounds like you've been making yourself small for other people. You've been going against who you are and like, you know, what comes naturally to you to be there for other people, to, to be the best version of what you think people need you to be. And it's okay to just be the best version of yourself for you. Even if it's not good enough for anyone else, it's okay. <sighs> anyway, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is, and let me think. I got my autism diagnosis in July like official diagnosis before I was, I guess, self-diagnosed for about eight months. And then I got my diagnosis in July. So that has been three months since I got confirmed as an autistic person. And then assimilating that with my knowledge of being ADHD and going undiagnosed, I. I guess, you know, I keep repeating that because I feel like my whole life before I knew this about myself and I kept trying to explain why I struggled so much and people were telling me it was all in my head. 
like I felt like people were telling me that oh you know I was just being I was like playing the victim and that is something that I think about a lot like am I playing the victim or do I have every right to be feeling the way I feel you know and yeah so this defensiveness is something I hope I can unlearn but it's just I feel like it comes up when I interact with people who haven't walked the path I walk like nothing in a sense that like the path of like being ADHD or autistic and being undiagnosed and anyway I am going to try to nap because I think if I force myself to stay awake to do something to distract myself which is a technique I learned in therapy before I think that's just gonna push me into meltdown I'm just gonna power down I guess and try to nap and hopefully avert a meltdown that's my cats again you can hear a third cat just joined in and um yeah I'm just gonna try to nap and hopefully feel better when I wake up and I, I don't know, I'll be honest, I don't know when my next uh, episode is going to come. So, yeah, if you're listening to this one, thank you so much.